Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Samut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. Good Thursday morning. Yeah. Happy Thursday to you, sir. How you feeling today, Prano? I feel great. I do too. I feel really fucking good. I'm gonna say not just really good, really fucking good. Okay. What's that about? I don't know, man. I've decided I like this training for this marathon. I'm really enjoying all these exercise. And I think I've found a whole new thing. This isn't like a fad either. What? Every day, I'm going to just crush cardio. All right. And it, it, it's made me feel better emotionally. That's good. That's what I'm saying. Feeling good. Congratulations. Thank you. You're really quiet today. What's going no, on? No, I know. I, you 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 seemed like you were you know off and running there. I was letting you. Uh, I was letting you go. Like what I decided last night was there's CrossFit and people do all that. I have my own CrossFit. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Like I'm doing my own workouts. I don't follow a regiment, and that's what I love. Like yesterday. Oh it's shit. Regimen. There's no T on the end there. Regiment, not regiment. No. Okay. I, I, I always pronounced it regiment. Yeah. I've been you, wrong you, all these years. You pronounced a lot of things wrong. <laughs> but like yesterday, I just got in my little car and I said, I'm heading up to Malibu. I'm going to go hike in some mountains. Then I decided this week I'm also going to hit the sand dunes in Ventura County, do sprints up that mountain, that's sand dunes, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. I don't, I don't want to be around people. Don't go to those sand dunes, buddy. Well, I'll have my headphones in. Right. But my point is, I work out to my own tune as I listen to tunes. It's perfect. I think a lot of people generally do that, right? It's funny. My buddy, my buddy, he goes, my other, my buddy who doesn't live here anymore, he lives up in the Bay Area. He started a group DM with me and a friend. He goes, my other buddy's training. I'm going to get you, connect you guys. So he goes... Dude, you're training for a marathon. Meet my friend Andy. He's training for a marathon. This is on Instagram. And I was like, no offense, dude. Uh, I don't train with people. That's cool that you're running the marathon, but we ain't running together. I, I'm not about that. Why not? You don't want to, you don't, like, a lot of people do train together for, like, you know, pacing purposes and, like. I don't and, need that. Okay. Like, my I mean, thing- the last marathon you ran, you, you. Periscope walked for five hours. The last I mean, marathon. Obviously, obviously, you've trained a lot harder for this, but I'm just saying, is it safe to say you don't know what you need? The last marathon was, I'll reiterate this, disgusting. I was a human walking pile of trash. And my thing is, I don't want to train with people because it's not about the working out. It's about the solitude and 
the time to think. Does that make any sense? Well, I'm just going to say there's some dangers that come with that. You know, like uh, when you train alone, like let's say you're running along the street, there's always a chance that uh, one of the greatest coaches in Big East history will run you over. When, oh! When, <laughs> when you're, that is what we call a segue in the When games. you're running with two people, 50% chance that you're the guy who gets hit. It's a good point. I was concerned about the mountain lions yesterday yeah. running by myself. That's a great point. Jim Beheim went full Caitlin, or was it Bruce? Well, Bruce. Bruce uh, is the one who killed somebody. I think it was Caitlin then. No, I think it was Bruce. I think it was Caitlin because that was the joke, right? She switched. Everybody made the same, like, she becomes a woman, immediately gets into an accident. No, no, they did, but but South Park has joked about A lot of people have joked about it. Uh, what's his name? We like his Instagram page. Kyle Dunnigan always does the impersonations. I think that Bruce killed the person on the PCH. Got it. And now that Bruce is no longer a thing, it, it's like it never happened. Yeah. So yeah, Bruce killed the person on the PCH. So uh But Bruce but that they weren't like walking, right? They were I think they were in a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bruce Bayheim's just taking out pedestrians. Although Bayheim took out a pedestrian because somebody in front of him it was basically a domino effect. Right. Right? I don't know. I didn't read a ton of it. I just know that Jim Beheim killed the dude. Yeah. Honestly, as to his legacy, if you ask me, rest in peace, uh, pedestrian. But he's got bodies on him now. Like, he's got the fucking scandal. He's but, got the bodies. You got- know, my issue about Beheim, he's always one of the grouchy guys about uh, that these athletes aren't getting screwed. He's always one of, at the forefront of that. So my theory is... He killed somebody who is pro athletes getting pro college players getting paid. He's taking them out now with his vehicle. Well, Jim Beheim agree and I agree on only half of that. I don't agree on killing pedestrians. <laughs> Big game this weekend. Will he coach? They're supposed to play Duke at home. Okay. I don't know if you knew that. I assume that he will coach. Doesn't seem like a, a whole lot of stuff stops him. He's gonna be like, you know, uh the guy was in the street, you know. Blocker charge. I don't know what to tell you, but uh, they called it a block, and uh, we're on to Duke. Beheim apparently is... <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking of sports references. <laughs> I heard the cars were lined up in a 2-3 zone, and he just mowed right through them and took the guy out. Yeah. The patented 2-3 zone that Syracuse runs. I, actually, Syracuse, you know, they won last night. That was the game before Duke-Carolina. Yeah, they beat the shit out of Louisville. They blew out Louisville at the carrier Yeah, game. I actually watched the end of that game. Me too. I was like, oh, I'll watch Duke-North Carolina. And then Zion got hurt, and I was like, I'm going to watch Netflix. What does that make you feel as a Knicks fan? I, I, I'm not sure if you saw my tweet. But I did. I, but I laid it out. It's, it's very, it's, there's only three possibilities here. Zion is fine. And the Knicks don't get the number one pick, and Zion goes number one. Zion is hurt. The Knicks draft him anyway. They're like, we can't be the ones who pass on Zion. Uh, what if he was just sitting out because he wasn't that hurt? We did, you know, we had we had Mr. Magoo, our team physician, look at him. They say he's okay. They draft him. He never plays a single game as a Nick. He retires at with just his bonus money. Or three, that he's hurt. The Knicks pass on him. Some team takes him number two, and he becomes the single greatest basketball player in the history of God's green earth. He starts 
whatever team, you know, the Bulls or the Cavs or the Suns, a dynasty that we're talking about that draft forever. They're like, here's that day where he put on that Suns hat and then they won 14 of the next 20 world championships. You know who I blame? Spike Lee. I blame Spike Lee too. They show Spike Lee right before tip off. There was tons of celebrities at the game. It was one of the biggest like fanfare college games I've ever seen. President Obama was there. I mean, everybody was there. We have a call later from John Smith who was there yep. doing uh, media. Anyway, they show Spike Lee and no lie, two minutes later, his shoe explodes, which awful PR for Nike. Yeah, it's not, certainly not great. I mean, but what are you going to do? Like, everybody's talking about how this is like a huge hit for Nike. And like, oh. Well, it's really not. Yeah. This is going to have almost. You know, this already happened, right? This happened to Manu Ginobili. His shoe exploded. His Nike exploded. It's just that it happened in 30 seconds into this game. Everybody was hyped. Spike Lee was there. Obama was there. Ken Griffey Jr. was there. Yeah. Todd Gurley was there. This was the game. It was in Cameron. 30 seconds in, it happens. And like, you could first of all, he walked off the court, and he didn't walk off the court gingerly. Yeah, he walked off like he's fine. Now I think he might very well take this as an opportunity to not play another basketball game in college. This might be his excuse, but I think he's fine. But the Knicks will be like, "Is he fine? I don't know. But we he, should go with R.J. Barrett just in case." But you and bring the up Phoenix Suns win twenty World Champions. You bring up a good point because we've seen that now in college football. Like Nick Bosa got hurt for Ohio State early. He said, I'm done. He's projected number one overall pick, top three pick at least. If I'm Zion Williamson, because we're talking his knee though, and they're saying it's a minor sprain, what value does he have? He's already played over half a season. He's already shown how good he is. What value does it have to him to play? I would argue none. I don't know why he plays again. Well, I what, guess... I, what additional value can he add that he's already well, proven he's the number one I, pick? I, I guess there's there's a couple arguments for like why would he ever play. One would be he cares about basketball, and he cares about his teammates, and he cares about winning a championship with this team even though you know they start four freshmen or whatever but it's like hey we can do this we can win a championship this year and what is it real like i'm fine and what's really gonna happen like what are the chances that i fucking you know blow out a knee um because then the the problem with that scenario if you, if you are that guy, and I know there's a lot of people who are skipping bowl games. Skipping meaningless bowl games is one thing. But then it's like, well, why practice? When I get to the NBA, why practice? Why would I ever practice when, you know, I don't get paid to practice. I get paid to play in games. And you're just, you know, doubling my chances of getting hurt in practice. If I play in practice, I'm never going to get my second contract. I'm never going to get my max contract. Like... If you play scared, you're going to get hurt. Now, look, I'm not saying if this guy d- gives zero fucks about his team that he shouldn't say, I'm sitting out until I get paid. But the other argument is then the fucking legacy people, like the shit dicks on Twitter, who think Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James, and the things they use for that are like, 
his gold medals and that he won at UNC and that like and you want to go uh LeBron James is playing in the fucking NBA at 18 and and dominating for three years before Michael Jordan was doing anything in the basketball who cares what happened in college but people do it people talk about oh Kevin Durant's legacy is his gold medals and his scoring to, and it's like whatever yeah, but those people were idiots who cares I, I again but but again w- there are that is basketball that is NBA Twitter that's the world like at this point the Millennials I mean Kevin Durant is letting those people affect his life and where he plays. Like, Well, that's his own problem. Again, my point is this. I'm just making an argument for two reasons why you would play. Well, the only argument I would use why he should play is to show that his knee injury wasn't drastic. You know, that right. it wasn't a serious injury. That's the only reason, in my opinion, that Zion Williamson should continue to play. But this injury, again, highlights how stupid the one-and-done rule is anyway. Zion Williamson shouldn't be playing college basketball at all. He should be in the National Basketball Association right now. I mean, I agree 100%. Uh, I think that when stuff like this happens, the, 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 the conversation often goes to two separate things. One... Should he be in the NBA right now? And two, should he be getting paid to play in college? Uh, to which I only agree with one of those things, which is I leave college, not as it is, because obviously it's a very broken thing, and he probably is getting paid to play at Duke. Um, but um, let guys go at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, literally as early as an NBA team wants to give somebody a contract, a baseball team, a football team. I don't care what, I mean, football, if you wanted to say for some sort of safety reasons that you're not going to let guys whose brains aren't fully developed, but like what age is that even? Like, I'm not sure it's 18 or 20, you know? So I say, let them go. The, the, these guys should be getting paid thing. I disagree. That's my personal stance. We've been over it a million times on this show. They are getting paid. Um, you know, a, a good number of people in this country are crippled with college debt. These guys will never have to worry about that. Only fucking 15 of them or 20 of them in the whole goddamn country are worthy of actually getting paid as, as to how it relates back to the fucking But you school. know what's wild? You know what's wild? You know what I thought of? Do you remember that point? And also, by the way, just one more thing. He should totally be able to fucking sign jerseys and and work at a car dealership and whatever. But like, that's that's the point I was going to bring up. Do you remember that porn star who went to Duke and she was using porn to like pay for either her her undergrad or her uh, I think she was going to law school. Okay, Bell Knox. Do you remember her? No, but it was a big story. That's what I find so funny. She was a full time student at Duke while she was also shooting pornography. And that was totally fine, as it should be. Yeah. But my point is this. She could shoot porn, make porn videos, while going to school, but Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett or any of these guys couldn't be allowed to sign autographs to make money on jerseys or you know memorabilia. I mean, the, the, the problem... And I totally understand it. Is the NCAA? What's the difference? Well, the NCAA has no way of, um, no way of saying like, yeah, you can do this, but here's how it's going to work. Like, for example, 
if you're the guy who owns all the Jimmy Johns in the Raleigh Durham area and you're a big fucking Duke supporter and you want Zion to come to Duke, you could go, Hey man, come down and play Cameron every week and when you get down here, I, I can't give you any money. But you could do autograph signings at Jimmy John's every week. I'm gonna give you forty grand of a Jimmy John signing every time you come. We're just gonna give you forty grand, and it's gonna be great for business. People are gonna come in buy sandwiches, and you're gonna sign autographs. It's basically laundering money to him via a booster. Yeah. So there's no way of what's wrong with that. Then it's basically just who whatever booster has the most money gets the best players, right? But. Again, if 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 hold on, let, let's take a normal Duke student. Let's say let's. That's why that. L- let's but, say, let's but say it's not Zion. That's why the answer is. Let's say let you, them go to the NBA because there's only ten of those guys. But hold on, but let's say there's a YouTube star. Yeah. Who has a huge social media following, and he says, "I'm going to enroll at Duke." He could do that. That that's the argument. The argument is a YouTube star could exactly do that. But, sign autographs, but the, and make money while he's a full time student. That's at Duke. my point. I'm saying if. Zion Williamson wanted to sell autographs for $5 a pop. I think he should totally be able to do that. Yeah. The problem is what I just said is that you're going to have people that are basically laundering money through like they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're totally paying you for an autograph signing when really we're just giving you a boatload of cash to come to Duke. That's why I said there's only there's literally not. I don't think there's 20 guys in any given college season that are getting handed a bag of money to go to school. Like those top 20 recruits are the difference. You're not, no, you know, they're not giving the 50th rated player. They're not giving the last guy to make the McDonald's All-American team a car to attend Virginia Tech. You know what I mean? There's like 10 dudes. I don't know about that. You don't think so? I, I think there's a lot. I di- I probably disagree with that. I think there's a lot of shady, under-the-table stuff. But look at Louisville. I mean, we're talking about Louisville with Rick Pitino is like Rick Pitino, one of the great college basketball coaches ever, turned Louisville's program around. What he was offering those guys was like hookers. He's like, chicks will fuck you, and we'll pay yeah, for Yeah, but them. again, we don't, we don't know everything. We... I but, think I, I mean I think the stories are coming. Like, do you do you think that there's do you think that there's guys out there that are getting handed boatloads of cash that we don't know about, and then they just happen to fucking get the DeAndre Aytons and the Reggie Bushes and the whoever's of I, the world? I don't know if there's boatloads of cash, and I'm not saying everybody is a Ayton or a Reggie Bush scenario, but I do think there's a lot of back end dealing that goes on with. Oh yeah, you can have this car, and it's signed under somebody else's name in a yeah, lease. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? And that's the thing; they'll never be able to police that. That's what I'm saying. Right. But my point is, if you allowed them to get whatever, it would just make that that much easier because you could just send and say he's working at our car dealership. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now he's got ten cars. Sure. They can give to his friends and family, and that they can sell. But that's my point. I, I think there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Even if you're not, that's why college sports is a fucking sham. Well, it exactly, should be, it should be ignored entirely. It, it's a total sham. Yeah, glad we agree. By the way, Jimmy John's was my go-to late night food at St. Louis University. I don't even think I had Jimmy John's for the first time until like five years ago. They opened one my junior year. It got robbed easily five or six times within the first couple of years. 
because St. Louis U is it's not in the best area outside of campus. And that was my go-to. You get the gargantuan. It's what it's called. The biggest fucking sandwich. Jimmy John's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Sadly, I was in Wawa country in college. So what was your what was your go-to late night meal? Uh, either a meatball hero from Wawa or uh, like an Italian combo. Yeah. That's my biggest knock on I mean, LA, as, man. As far as gas station sandwiches go. Oh, but see, that's bad. You got to go to a gas station. I mean, it wasn't. The Wawa, our Wawa wasn't actually a gas station. I mean, there are a lot of times they are at a gas station. Ours was just like a 7-Eleven, basically. Yeah. It's basically a 7-Eleven with hot food. But, and the thing is, it's great. College student, I love it. I ate Wawa twice a week easily. But the Philly, Jersey people that act like it's going to the fucking Ritz and getting a steak. Like, could never leave Philadelphia. How would I live without Wawa? You're like, dude, you're eating fucking, you're eating 7-Eleven sandwiches. Yeah. It's good 7-Eleven sandwiches, but relax. I had a delicious taco stand burrito last night. Just want to give kudos to those hardworking individuals. It's hardworking Americans. Hardworking Americans. Outside of Trader Joe's on uh, Sepulveda. Man, Prano, I'll tell you what. We have a big divide in this country. <laughs> people who like taco stands and people who do not want people making burritos at a taco stand. Yeah, absolutely. We have a huge divide in this no, country. Uh, 100%. Wild. Yeah. It, and, and like you said in your video, and I agree with you, and I've been saying it for years, it's actually people who like to eat food out outside of their own home and people who do not like to eat food outside of their own home. Yeah, but at this point, you know what's funny to me is that basically anything you buy, the chances of that being grown or picked by a migrant worker are extremely high. Yeah. We live in California. We see it. Yeah. All the spinach in the country... It's coming from here. You you drive up the PCH or the 101, we see all the spinach fields. We know who's working those fields. Yeah. Anyway, you're giving away, I'm just looking up the rundown. Yes. You're giving a Przingis jersey I away? Mean, the famous motherfucker Przingis jersey. The, fam <laughs> the famous jersey. It's a gif. It's a gif. It's the it's it's the now world famous gif from the first uh, what we thought was the first serious Porzingis injury. It turned out it wasn't the first serious Porzingis injury. Um, he I ordered a I ordered a I ordered their alt jersey, the white jersey yeah. with the checkered one. The the one we were talking about during the All Star game that you hate in navy. They were they were a home version in white. It uh, I've never worn it. It has the tags on it. It arrived to my door. I was watching the Knicks game. It had arrived earlier. The neighbor was like, hey, man, this package got delivered for you. I opened it. I'm literally watching the Knicks game. Perzingis gets hurt, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I open this package, and it's the fucking Perzingis jersey I bought, which soon after he got hurt. And uh, so I haven't worn it since. That's bad luck. But if there's a Mavs fan out there or a Knicks fan out there or whatever, I'm giving away my Chris Tapps Perzingis white alternate Knicks jersey. Um, it's large, I believe. I believe it's a large. What it's do got, they have to do to get it? Follow me on Instagram. 
Oh, it's a very simple giveaway. Follow me on Instagram, at Joe Prano. And uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about it this episode. I'll talk about it next episode. And then uh, this time next week, I'm just gonna, I'll just go on Instagram. I'll go to my followers. I'll hit a random letter. And the first name that comes up will get a Porzingis jersey. So all I got to do is follow me at Joe Prano. I'll cover everything. I'll cover shipping. Uh, it's, I, I'm almost positive it has the tag on it. If it doesn't have the tag on it, I can guarantee you that it's never been worn outside of me trying it on. It's a large white Nick's Kristaps Porzingis jersey, and I don't want it. It makes me sad, and I want to give it to a good home. And it's like giving away a dog. Yeah, and also, you know, obviously, a lot of the stuff that's been, you know, the divide you've been talking about. Twitter is breaking me down. I have, yeah, I've, I've been in a. It's an evil spot, man. It it really like I was saying to you before. I wish I could just. I wish I could block people based on what's in their bio. I wish I could have a setting where I don't see anybody's comments that have an American flag in their bio, a uh, their religious beliefs in their bio, a Bible quote in their bio, uh, I'm with her in their bio, a Me Too in their bio, resistance, a, yeah, a, anything like any basically MAGA, yeah, nothing, anything political, religious, faux patriotism. Do you want to hear a tip? Uh, you know, you know what you do? Honestly, any almost any emoji. You know what you do? This is what I've learned. I've, I've, it's not been easy, but I've learned to do this. When I go on Twitter now, I see what's trending. And you and, mute it? No, no, no. And I see those 20 trends. And if I know it's something that's going to get me annoyed or, you know, perturbed or anything, I don't click on that trend. But if it's something that's a news story, I just go to the news story and I don't see any comments. Right. I mean, you got to be disciplined. Yeah. But I'm not disciplined. We've already covered that. I'm not disciplined on Twitter. I will fight people. But it's but, become a real cesspool on on both sides. Both sides. Many sides are, have discipline issues. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and uh, so what I want to do is I want to shift a, over a little bit more toward my Instagram and and get it's a it's just a happier place. I'll tell you who I'll tell you who really inspires me is Michael Che. Do you follow Michael Che on Instagram? I don't, but he, I will now. He 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 stopped using Twitter and now all he does, he basically puts up tweets in his Instagram story. I like story. him a lot. I think he's very funny. He, he just puts a black background and then essentially writes his thoughts in a Instagram story. And Ooh, that's smart. He'll he'll write back to people who comment and stuff like that. But you can tell it's just too much work to like. There's no way he deals with the. He doesn't see anybody's shit. He doesn't see whatever. Twitter's really breaking me down. I almost unfollowed everybody uh, yesterday entirely. And I'm and there's a purge coming. Um, so my apologies to anybody that gets unfollowed in a, in an upcoming purge. Um, anybody who donated to Vince, if if you get purged, slide into my DMs and you can you know make your case. But I will check your bio and if there's an emoji or a Bible quote, I'm not sure you'll you'll make it. Um, yeah, I got I, I I've got to dial it back because at least until I don't know, at least until. Trump's not off. I don't know what it is. It's, well, we're not turning back. I hate to say this. It doesn't matter about Trump at this point anymore. We can't turn it back. Things are like only I said get on worse. the sh- on our live broadcast on Saturday too. Like gun to my head, I would have voted for Trump over Hillary. I no one f- put a gun to my head and made me make that decision. Thankfully, but I would have because she's also the goddamn devil. But like everybody, I don't know anybody's political. There's like four people whose political opinions on Twitter. 
I don't think are like hilariously awful takes. Hilariously awful. I'm takes. telling you, try doing what I'm telling you to do. You look at the trends. If it's something that's going to get you annoyed, you don't click on it. And if it's something like a news story, like the Jim Beheim thing, I woke up today. Oh, he's a trend. What happened? Clicked on his name. Oh, then I go to a news story to see exactly what like happened. You, yesterday, you sent me a tweet. I don't know if it's on the rundown, but you sent me a tweet from Cuck Rovell about the, uh, the Kaepernick yeah. jer- jersey being sold out. And you're like, check this out. The Kaepernick jersey sold out in like 24 hours. And I, I replied to you. In quotes, I said, uh, he probably bought them all himself and then put like half of the internet. Like, because you can't even see the simplest story. But you, you could. can't even see like the Zion Williamson shoe falls apart news without going under it and having it turn into like, oh, maybe they can, maybe they should focus on making better shoes and not some Black Powers jerseys. And you're like, Oh my God! How many size eighteen shoes do you think they make a year? But you can. That's my point. If you click on, like, take the Darren Rovell thing I sent you. It's just a tweet saying that. But like, I can't not see what. Yes, you can. Don't I can't. say that. You, don't say I you can't. can't. Don't say that you can't. I'm working on it too. I, I'm, I'm getting so much better. And, and once, once when I do falter and I realize, why do you care what these people think? You don't. Why do you care? Like, like my do- new thing is just I did Kimmy Matumbo. The people who have never replied to me or never whatever. Like, I went under the Rovell thing, and some guys like maybe they can focus on making better shoes instead of some f- N words jerseys. I was like, block this. Like, just in case he ever finds me on Twitter, like block. I'm just like blocking people who have never seen me before. Like, doesn't follow me, never reply to me. Blocked. You're blocked. I'm on a block party. I think I'm up to like 600 people I've blocked on Twitter. I'm going for a record. I'm just going full Matumbo. I think you need to, you know what, man? I think, here's my advice. Just spend less time on there. One, that's, The problem is that's where the news is. No, I agree. It, it's, it sucks because the best way to get your news is in, through Twitter. In the moment. Is through in Twitter. In the moment. I Otherwise, agree. like, even, even like the alert on the iPhone where like they'll send you the big story is like 20 minutes delayed. Yeah. And like, that's the beauty of Twitter. The beauty of Twitter is that it's immediate. The downside of Twitter is that I have to see your shithead opinion. But again, you but you don't. If if like like the, take the Jesse, uh, is it Smollett? How's his yeah. name? He gets indicted, right? Or he gets charged with whatever, whatever his. I don't I don't know what his technical charge is. You can click on that news story. I'm never, I've never, I will never click on that news story because, like, but my, I don't but, care about any side of but, that fucking. But news that's story. my point: is you can click on that story and read the story for what it is from a legit news publication without seeing people on either side. Like, it is possible. Yeah, you're just telling me you can't, but I'm telling you you can. But I'm telling you, even the more immediate than the trend is the news that you're getting as you flip. As you swipe. Yeah. You know what I mean? When shit happens in the immediate. Yeah. But it's a cesspool. That's for sure. It's disgusting. I got to say, I was listening to uh, the dude, Jack Dorsey, on Simmons. I know he went on Rogan, and Rogan didn't ask him anything in the cash app, and there's a whole fucking scandal about that. But he went on Simmons, and Simmons did ask him about some shit. And what Simmons said, and at the time, and this is only like a month ago, Simmons like, I wish there was a way, like, have you thought about making it so that I can mute my, like, that I never see a comment under any tweet? 
And he's like, well, and he like, and I was like, well, that would be fucking dumb. Like, you got to see what people say when you tweet. And now I was like, no, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah. I want to only see the people I fucking follow and the and the things that they you retweet. Gotta, you got to remember all these social medias. Instagram does it too. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They don't make your timeline chronologically. You have to. You have to that. reset that every day on Twitter now. Exactly. You have to reset that every day. I don't even think you can do it on Instagram anymore. And people don't realize that. So so basically what these big companies are doing is they're trying to tell you and me and whoever what we should look at, what we care about, which is fucking bullshit. They're trying to like basically be the artificial intelligence for us, which I think is very harmful psychologically and emotionally to people, it's not healthy. Yeah. Bro, I'll make an exception for you. I don't normally train with people. Start running with me. Start doing, you know, Andy's little thrust workout. That's what we'll call it because I'm all over the map now. And then you're not on this shit. You can decompress. We can run up the sand dunes. I mean, I went. I went for a, a hike in Malibu myself yesterday. Like, I'm on the same. I'm on the same plan. And how good did you feel? I felt great. Exactly. But the point is that you get down off the hike, and the first thing that you find out is that you know, the, the, this fuck. Like, especially in the sports, us being a sports show. Like nothing keeps you on the the Machado news and yeah. like the, all that shit. Like all the stuff that we're gonna talk about. We, you know, it was funny. I made like talk about the. I mean, obviously they didn't take it as bad as Ohio, the butthurt Ohio tweet that I did, which was like still again my favorite part about the butthurt Ohio tweet that I sent was it was the hackiest, dumbest, triggering the only the stupid Ohio joke ever. I made the dumbest triggering. San Diego fucking joke yesterday. I saw it. And didn't even think. I was like, you know what the beauty of this joke is? No one in San Diego gives a fuck about anything. Yeah. That's the be- so I'll, I'll not, I'm not going to have the trolls. Of course I forgot that San Diego, heavy military area, heavy Christian area. So here come the fucking, here come the 1A MAGA fucking Semper Fi replies about how fucking not everybody in San Diego is lazy. And it's like, well, maybe if you fucking like guys, I've been to San Diego a million times. I've been to fucking Molly Malone's to do comedy. A lot of military guys there in flip flops. Are you chasing ISIS and flip flops, fellas? Semper Fi. Semper flip and flop. You fucking. Yeah, but but again, man, just. Just ignore can't the responses. Do it. <laughs> you can't do it. I have faith in you. Just ignore the responses. Write a joke. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm, I've been fighting stupid my whole life. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't respond to people. I'm not saying either of those things. I'm just saying, Joe, I hate to say it, just like I was saying before the show, we both know the war on drugs is unwinnable. It has been proven statistically. We spend seventy-eight billion dollars a year. We're not even. Who's? No one's trying to win that war. Well, exactly. It's, that war. It was a. It's a fake war. It's a fake war that we spend seventy-eight billion dollars a year with no positive results. That's what this is for you. You're not going to win this war ever. It's the war on drugs, bro. But the war on drugs is fake. My war on stupid is real. But it's, it's just a it's it, just a guerrilla war. 
You ain't changing anybody. I'm just James Bond. Like, James Bond's not carpet bombing things, but he's killing people one at a time. Well, let's talk Manny Machado. Let's do it. You just mentioned your tweet. Yeah. He signed with the Padres for 10 years, 300 mil. I like this deal. Everybody is been fucking shitting on it, but here's why I like it. I like it for multiple reasons. The first reason is... Welcome back to being a Major League Baseball team, San Diego Padres. You have a great stadium. You play in a beautiful city that's had two rainouts in the history of the fucking Petco Park. Is that true? Yeah. Two. In the history of Petco wow. Park, they've had two rainouts. It's Southern California is a baseball haven. Um, the San Diego Padres deserve to be good. The San Diego Padres forever have been uh, a team. Now, San Diego is not a massive market, but it's a, it's a city. Um, they've forever been a team that, I mean, they don't, they don't cry poor cause they don't cry anything. They're just like, here we are. We're going to have, we're going to be everybody in the history of San Diego. We're going to half-ass everything. Every once in a while we'll get inspired. We'll sign both Uptons simultaneously and give them a bunch of money. And people will be like, Oh, the Uptons. And everybody who knows baseball is like the Uptons. What are you guys doing? Are you drunk on fucking tequila down there? Did you guys just get back from a fucking you know, long weekend in Baja. Did you, or did you, just, did you just roll out of the Hong Kong club in Tijuana and cross the border and sign both Uptons simultaneously? Go home, Padres. You're drunk. But what happened yesterday was a culture change for the San Diego Padres in one move. The San Diego Padres, you can say this factually about the San Diego Padres right now. The San Diego Padres are responsible for the single biggest free agent signing in the history of Major League Baseball. Well, what was Stanton's deal? 13-325? Yeah. But I'm saying on a per year right? basis. On a per year basis. Yeah. Um for the length, the amount. Yeah, you're right. It's more per year. Now, our former intern, Joe Shaboring. Yeah. As he always does, just started blowing up right. our text messages. Yeah. How this is an awful signing. This is bad. Blah, blah, blah. Well, he's wrong, first of all. <laughs> He's right in he's right in theory that like Manny Machado alone isn't going to make the Padres a World Series contender, but Manny Machado at third base, yeah, for the San Diego Padres, whether Joe Shabelli likes it or not, is way better than whoever they were going to have play third base. They weren't signing Nolan Arenado. This offseason. They weren't signing Chris Bryant this offseason. They have Manny Machado. And he is now their third baseman. And they have decided to make a culture change there. There's no way that they're just going, we're the fucking Padres and we don't give a shit. But we're going to give this guy $300 million. So Joe Shabelli can love the deal all he wants. But the fact of the matter is, the Padres are in the NL West with the Dodgers and are now trying. Yeah, they're that, attempting. They're attempting. And Shabelli can fucking go, oh, I love that they have Will Myers on the, for, you know, for five more years, and I love that they have Hosmer for blah. Guess what? There's no salary cap in baseball. Yeah. The Padres have a fantastic farm system. Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be on the left side of that infield I mean, their infield is going to be 
Machado, Tatis Jr., Kinsler, and Hosmer. It's a pretty good fucking infield. Now, Will Myers, are they overpaying Will Myers? And is it hilarious that Will Myers... Yeah, but guess what? You know what every fucking World Series team has? A guy that used to be good that is still getting paid a bunch of money to fucking be the six hitter. I mean, Matt Kemp didn't get in that bat in the World Series last year. Or he got like two at-bats or whatever the fuck it was. Did Joe Shabelli think that was hilarious? That they were giving fucking one-time MVP Matt Kemp $50 million or whatever it was to sit on the bench and fucking pine tar his bat? When you have, if you're going for it, you're going to be overpaying somebody who's hitting sixth on your team or seventh on your team. Will Myers, I'd love Will Myers to be on the Mets. Would I love him to be on the Mets for his contract? Yeah, if the Mets were just like, we're going to spend all the money in the world. But the, like you can, you, can lo- you can say, as a Dodgers fan, this d- deal doesn't scare me. If you believe it means that the Padres have blown their load and that they'll never be able to sign anybody ever again. I think whether you like Manny Machado or not, whether you think he hustles or not, whether you think he's good or not, I think he's overrated. I don't think he hustles. I don't think he's a great locker room guy. But this is a sign that they are attempting to be a major league ball ball club again. And of all the teams, he would have gone to shit in the Chicago White Sox. The S- San Diego, he's now the face of the franchise. They have They have changed their culture with one signing. The White Sox, it would have just been like, oh, well, that's that's fun. This is like Machado on the the fucking Orioles again. Yeah, and from his perspective, and and this is by the way, to talk about Twitter, this is my favorite part. This is how bad it's gotten. I saw somebody tweet like the argument was like somebody was upset that he didn't sign with Chicago over, and some guy goes, "It's pretty easy. If the city of San Diego offers you more money." In the city of Chicago, you take it and you don't even think twice. And some guys like some guy starts listing reasons you'd rather be a Chicago live in Chicago. And I was like, guys, yeah, like I was just- Chicago's fucking awesome. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. There's literally no one that isn't technically obese that would rather live in Chicago than in San Diego. <laughs> that's that's just a fact. I was just gonna get to that. The the move from Los Angeles. I'd rather to live San in San Diego. It's pretty easy for him. I'd rather live in San Diego than in LA. I moved to Southern California to live in San Diego, but I was like, I can't comedy wise. It's a great city. It's fucking awesome. The ballpark's great. Dude, if they go for it, Shabelli can love the deal all he wants, but guess what? You signed AJ Pollock. So Well, the Dodgers haven't done much at all this offseason except get rid of the their fan favorite player and Yasiel Puig get rid of you know Wood in that deal, pick up fucking uh, what's his name? I know they're going to cut him from the Reds. Homer Bailey. I mean, the, the the Dodgers are the ones really not making moves. Yeah, of all the places that Machado could have gone, I think that this is good for everybody involved. I think it's good for him. I think it's good for the Padres. I think it's good for baseball. Um, because if he'd gone to the Yankees, it's just them stockpiling, fucking whatever. If he'd gone to the Dodgers, same thing. And Joe Shabelli would have loved it. Uh, if he'd gone to, you know, uh, the White Sox, great. Now the White Sox are, have a guy that's like, you know, it's like 
it would have been like him on the Orioles. It would have been like, oh, Machado, how long until he's unhappy in Chicago? If he had get, Basically, they're the perfect middle ground because they're not very good. But again, it's a sign that they're trying. And I like that the Padres are trying. I want The only downside of the Padres trying is that tickets are going to get more expensive. And I love going down there and seeing games well, for nothing. Here's the deal. We're both excited because we will go down there. I'm a huge fan of that ballpark. It's a great park. We're going to go hop on SeatGeek. We're going to get our tickets to some Padres games. I finally have a, a car that can sufficiently make the drive from L.A. to San Diego. We're going to go on SeatGeek, Joe. Not only are we going to go on SeatGeek for Padres in San Diego, you, me, and I believe Andy Lazarus. Dirty Slides co-host Andy Laz. All three of us are going to be headed to Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Andy. Andy. <laughs> for spring training. I, I believe we are. Yeah. We're looking at the 13th through the 15th. Correct. Catch some ball games. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're, we're definitely gonna use SeatGeek for that. That's right. And we're gonna use SeatGeek for we're gonna use our promo code for SeatGeek to to cut off that extra ten dollars that have been tacked on to San Diego Padres tickets with the signing of Manny Machado. That's right, guys. So if you want to meet us, we'll post the games we're gonna go to in Arizona. Again, we're getting those tickets on SeatGeek. You guys can meet us there because best of all, all dirtballs get ten dollars off their first SeatGeek purchase. So you can use that in spring training. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. If you're a dirtball down in uh, Arizona and you haven't used your promo code yet, you want to get a sweet four-man box right behind the home plate, come on down. It'll be dirtball, Andy, Andy, Joe. Let's do it. There's rumors... uh, that we're getting a Airbnb house. Yeah. We're going to do a fucking... Last couple of years, we went to the Shady Hotel. The Ramada Inn. The, you, you sleeping head to toe with Trevor. <laughs> uh, and Andy Laz. You remember uh, how drunk Andy he got Laz, last year? Yeah. He was, he was 50s cartoon drunk. Remember? <laughs> Ew. Ew. He was drinking just X, X, X in bottles. He was like, what is this? You're like, Ew. He was the mouse from Dumbo. Yeah. Uh, but Andy Laz is a full-on adult, so he's like, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, let's get a house. Let's make sure we get one with a pool. We'll Airbnb it up. Pool or hot tub. Pool or Preferably hot tub. both. And then you brought another great idea to the forefront last night. If we're going to get a house with a pool in Phoenix or Scottsdale, we might as well just film a porno. Yeah. Well, you sent one Airbnb along that like most Airbnbs, when they take their photos, they take them like, daytime they try to show all the like yeah. natural light you said one it was just it was like literally a dark home with like candles lit they didn't even have their own lights on with a hot tub yeah it was at night and it was candle lit and i was like are, are these are they trying to get people to come down here and shoot porn yeah I'm, I'm, hey i'm about that i bet that, i bet they film a decent amount of porns in that area i i shouldn't say i bet i know from watching porn yeah they film a fair amount do a lot in arizona they, they, All that natural light. Yeah, they'll do they'll do the ones where they, they like pick the girl up in the car, you know, who's just randomly like hanging out in the desert. She just randomly has a guy pick her up. All that clay style housing. <laughs> it's easy to mop up after. So Bryce Harper's still unsigned. Yeah. And the latest reports are saying he's turned down 
multiple $300 million deals and that his agent, Scott Boris, is basically saying, now that Machado has this $300 million deal, which is the biggest deal ever, correct? Right. Harper has to surpass that and he's not going to sign with anyone unless he gets more than what Machado got. I mean, we're... Spring training. A week. So I'm saying, you know, they're saying it's getting late early. It's getting late, late, like, like fucking opening days a month away. So exactly. So the argument is he's turning down by all. Now, w- w- the reports were he turned down offers from who? The, let me pull it up. Because I got I want to break some things to some fan bases out there. The Yankees, I think Harper smartly uh, is like. I would, I'd basically always, I'd, I would turn, even if I was a player, and this isn't coming from a Yankee hater, this is coming from a businessman, I would turn down five offers from the Yankees because they have infinite money. So, yeah. so if the, if I'm Bryce Harper and Manny Machado got 300 million from the Padres, I'm not taking less than 400 million from the Yankees. The Yankees want me? You better give me all the monies. So, uh, John Heyman, I don't know who he is, but he is reporting that Harper has turned down multiple offers over $300 million in recent weeks and names the Phillies, Giants, and Nationals. That the Nationals have had a deal on the table for him for like basically the entire year. Like They, they, they offered him an extension last year. He turned it down. He thought he was going to get more than that. I have news. For the Phillies fans. Okay, so so here it is. These are the, the there's believe that five teams are. This is as of yesterday from his tweet. Yep, he is a insider. Just so you guys know, John Heyman is an insider MLB Network. He is believed to be in contacts with five teams, including Philly, San Francisco, and Washington. Uh, so that's three of them. I don't know who the other two. Yeah, but the report is yes that he has turned down. What first? Okay, so here's a couple things. One, what the fuck are the Dodgers doing? Wasn't that why you got rid of Puig? Wasn't that? I mean, I know that they signed AJ Pollock after that, but like you have all the money. I don't, I don't understand why the Dodgers haven't haven't at least been talked about in this whole Bryce Harper thing. Like, there's everything. Every Cubs fan told me he was 100 percent signing there. Yeah, every Cubs fan was like, he's signing there. Yeah, he, he's gonna be. He loves. He loves. He wants to sixty nine Chris Bryant in the fucking locker room every day and talk about Vegas. They're gonna watch fucking Vegas nights games. Not only is he gonna sign with us, he's signing with us for nothing. He's yeah. gonna sign with us for two hundred million. Him and fucking uh, Chris Bryant are gonna open a bar together and they're gonna fucking you know. But it's only gonna serve Shirley Temple's because they're both fucking Mormon Vegas guys. Like every Cubs fan told me. I've heard word one about the Cubs either. Dodgers, Cubs. You guys have been irrelevant. I gotta break some news to Phillies fans. Bryce Harper does not want to play in Philadelphia, and rightfully so. He's been in the NL least. He's been going to Philly nine times a year for the last however many years he's been in Major League Baseball, and he's been called a cunt probably more times than he's hit home runs in Major League Baseball. He doesn't want to play for you. You have all the money. You probably gave him the biggest offer, and the reason he didn't want to sign with you is because you're awful, awful people. And if I'm Bryce Harper, I'd be like, fuck that. What, now they want me? After they call me a piece of shit every time I took the field? He does not want to play in Philadelphia. And I am assuming at this point what is happening is he is trying to get the Nationals to offer him what the Phillies offered him. Well... 
and just go fine. I don't want to be in Washington either, but I'll go back because I don't want to be in Philly. The Yankees aren't offering me enough for all the pressure that comes with that. The longer this goes on, in my opinion, just from a negotiating standpoint, I think the longer it goes on, he loses leverage every day. Of course. Right? Yeah. So so here we are. Until somebody shreds their knee and then suddenly he has leverage. My over. argument is this. If somebody wanted to give him more than $300 million, they would have, but they're not. Right. So this the, the, the argument of that Scott Boris as his agent wants to make him the highest paid player of all time, I think that argument is kind of bullshit now because spring training's here, like you said. It's getting late real early. What I would do if I was Bryce Harper at this point, but you know, obviously his statistics have taken a hit the last couple of years, but if he believes in it, I'd bet on myself and I would go the Kirk Cousins route and I would say, yes, yeah, I'll sign, I'll sign with the San Francisco Giants. I want two years, 90 million. Two years, 90 million to, to play in San Francisco. It's not a bad idea. I mean, I don't know that's, first of all, by the way, I'm only saying that because San Francisco has been reportedly like trying to offer him bigger deals for less time, but I don't think the San Francisco Giants are getting ready to contend. So I don't know if they're about to spend $45 million a year on one guy. But the other thing is, if I'm in the San Francisco Giants or a team like that, hey, the goddamn Mets. I mean, the Mets should offer him fucking $35, $40 a year for a couple of years. Yeah. What, what, as a Mets fan, I don't want him for 10 years. And I said this on Dirty Slides. I kind of do want him to sign in the NL East for 10 years and cripple some team financially. But um, you bet well, on yourself. The thing is, if you're the... Take the San Francisco Giants, for example. Go the Paul George route. Offer him a ton of money for two years and then be like, you got paid. Now we're going to convince you why you should stay. Bochy left. New fucking uh, you I know, think- manager. We're, it's a whole new thing. We're going to rebuild. We're going to rebuild around you. Now sign a 10-year deal with us. Long-term deals in sports, it doesn't matter the league. They're stupid. We talked about this on Dirty Slides in the history of Major League Baseball. The big deals, almost none of them have worked. The only one that you can say without a doubt was a full-blown success was A-Rod's Texas Rangers deal. Now, you could say, well, he didn't make the Texas Rangers a contender, but that's on the Rangers. Yeah. The Rangers gave him all the money, but he earned his money there. Sure. And then he went to the Yankees. And he was so good still at the end of that deal that he got another massive deal. Yeah. But he earned that money. And he's basically the only other guy that you could say is like if Scherzer somehow continues to dominate till like 2022 or whenever his deal's over. But almost everybody falls. Do you know uh you know Miguel Cabrera's on the books to like twenty he's definitely on the book. I think he's on the books to like twenty twenty three. And then he has like an option for 2024. and 20. He's already done. Miguel Cabrera is not going to be playing baseball for two more seasons. But it's not even just baseball. Any long-term deal, same for basketball, same for NFL. I mean, some of the basketball ones have obviously worked out. But they, that, they, you know, they changed it so that you can't you know, have the 10-year deal anymore. Obviously, yeah. basketball, they capped it because they were like, teams are getting crippled over this. But like, you know, I think Kevin Garnett signed the – the massive deal back in the day. He earned his money through the whole deal. Um, you know, obviously 
Kobe kind of died at the end. Uh, you know, Patrick Ewing is a good example. I think he was making like thirty million his last year. But like, there was a couple of the guys that were super young when they were still giving out those big deals. That like, man, like I'm sure Tim Duncan got a massive deal. I'm sure he earned it all. But again, I don't know who's offering Harper three hundred fifty million out of nowhere. It already would have been offered to you, man. Where are the Cubs? Where are the Dodgers? That's that. I mean, they're not doing. Where are the Cubs? Where are the Dodgers? Where are the Yankees? Where you know the Red Sox obviously are fine in the outfield, but you you we're, you're you got to talk about teams that have a ton of money. And I think you know the Phillies might have. The Phillies might have made him that offer, and he's like, "Fuck you! You're a cesspool of human garbage." And he called the Nationals. And he's like, "Guys, just offer me exactly what the Phillies offered me, and I'll come back." I'll tell you one thing. I kind of want him to sign with the Phillies because he doesn't want to. And if he if they give him $350 million and he doesn't want to be there, as a Mets fan, I'm kind of like, well, they're on the books for that money and he's going to be miserable. I think looking at his – Bryce Harper batted 249 last year. Yeah. For some reason, I feel like this stuff is all getting lost in the mix – he won the MVP when? Three years ago? Yeah. He won it three years ago. He's so young, though. It doesn't matter. I say, fuck you. You're not worth it. And, and honestly, the other thing with Bryce Harper, I think a lot of people, like, he was a catcher, converted to outfielder. A lot of people have been critical of his defensive play the last couple years. I mean, if I'm a team, I could be like, this guy could play first base. Like I could make, I, I mean, he probably doesn't want to, but like, I, I just think people aren't getting creative enough with Bryce Harper. I'm not a huge Bryce Harper defender or fan, or I, I don't. I think he's probably a little bit overrated, but he's so goddamn young. He obviously cares. He obviously loves baseball. Um, if I'm a again, if I'm a Giants team, who else have you signed? You haven't. You're, you've basically just get Bryce Harper to sell tickets for two seasons. And then try to convince him that the rebuild's on. And by the way, I was talking about this with Andy Laz yesterday. You know, Bochi announced that this is his final year. Yeah. We were looking at the people, that the the betting odds on potential uh, replacements. Here's a fun bet. Because I said it even before we looked at the odds. Buster Posey, 1,000 to 1. The next Giants manager. Coming off hip surgery, hit five home runs last year. I mean, if his baseball... Career is suddenly cut short, like randomly in the middle. I I could see him being a guy who doesn't want to leave, wants to be a f- lifelong giant. Put a hundred bucks on it. If you got a hundred bucks to spare, put it on Buster Posey at a thousand to one. It's a good return. Yeah, you make a fucking like ten. You know, geez, a hundred grand. It's a great return. It's not a bad bet. I'm stoked, man. Spring training. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? We got to turn up. We're going to have to turn up this whole dirty sports thing for next season. Because next year for spring training, we got to give the fucking, we got to give the Florida League a little love. This is like year four. We've gotten the fucking the Cactus League. And this is year three. Okay. We went. This is year three in a row. No, no, no. We took a couple we years. Took a couple off. years off. Then we went back last year. We 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 took uh, 
We did 2014 because then the denting happened. Yeah. A couple weeks later, we got back. We took off 15, 16, and 17. It's great because it's all in the same area. But Florida, next year, little road trip up and down. Fucking stop in Tampa, see the Yankees, go see, go see my Mets in Port St. Lucie. You know, the Grapefruit League. I have heard a lot about those Tampa strip clubs. Dude, I, well, for, uh, did I tell you my story? I'm sure I've told my yeah. Tampa strip. I actually like bought, I like spent my last dollar there at a Tampa strip club. Uh, but Tampa was awesome. I used to go when uh, my friend Tony was in the in the Yankee system, and I'd just go out, and I would just pretend I was a middle reliever on the Yankees that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> and, and like, hot chicks in Tampa, like some 6'4", 22-year-old dude. Yeah, he's probably a middle reliever I've never heard of. You know what we should do in Arizona? Let's claim that I'm the ball boy. <laughs> Claim that you're the fucking ball boy. Yeah, yeah. You should wear. We should get you a little flapless helmet to wear. Yeah, around. like we're out. Like I'm just the ball boy. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm, I'm a trader by day and ball boy by night. <laughs> trader. By day. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a I'm a high school English teacher. Why don't you just claim you're the bullpen catcher? You're like couldn't uh, couldn't catch in the big leagues, baby hands. But uh, I have a passion for it, so. I just bullpen catch now. It's not a bad one to, to go with. What's the process to become a ball boy anyway? A ball boy? I think you've got to be a teenager or potentially no, special needs. They're, they're not. They're not, bro. Look, I, I watch the games. I go to the games. You got. I, I look at those. My, you know, I'm I'm all over the map watching everything in the ballpark. These ball boys, a lot of times, a lot of times they're like old men too, but people who still can handle the glove pretty well. I'm just saying, like the ball boys. Can so, I think the first requirement is soft hands, good good backhand, got a lot of range. I mean, there's there's plenty of ball girls out there too. I'm saying anybody who can handle the glove, you be able to handle it decently. Not just my, that's my favorite story from uh, the the old A's. the uh, The old A's guy was a guy who invented ball girls. He was the first one to put like hot chicks down the line as the ball girls, and one of them ended up becoming Mrs. Fields. She made she made cookies for all what? she made cookies for all the players and they were like these cookies are hella good. Wait, that's the story. And now she's Mrs. Fields. Yo, that's a great story. Yeah, I forget what documentary I watched that in. It might have been in a thirty for thirty or something. Um, what if I told you her chocolate chip cookies were so good? You know what it is. She I think, I think it's a thirty for thirty short just about her, Mrs. Fields. Yeah, she was a ball girl for the Bro, Oakland A's. Those Mrs. Fields. Cookie cakes? Yeah. She's she's a billionaire now. She started as a ball girl. Yeah. She's just some hot chick making fucking chocolate chip cookies and getting filled up by the A's. <laughs> they were they were getting- I think she might have married one of them and yeah. then started a cookie company. Who knows? Or if I can't be the catcher, bullpen catcher, or the ball boy, put me on the t shirt cannon. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. You're the you're the fucking the hype you're, man. You're the hype man for the because uh, it's normally the, attractive women, right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a mascot. Yeah. Can, can I do something? We gotta figure out. We gotta go to um, Amarillo, the sod poodles. Yeah, that's gonna have to be a trip for the summer. We gotta set that up. That that'll have to be. That'll be a. We're already 
I mean, I don't know if we should show our hand this early, but we're already planning another stand-up and stadiums tour. We're trying to set, set yeah. one up. And uh, hit some of the ballparks I, I still have to check off my list. Amarillo. I mean, I haven't been to any stadium in Texas. I haven't been to the Rangers. I haven't been to the Astros. Sod Poodles. I mean, just a Texas tour. For Sod Poodles. Uh, uh, Texas is such a big state, man. Yeah. Like, Amarillo's nowhere near. We should just do a Texas League fucking tour. You know how many ballparks there are in Texas? Oh, it's probably a ton. Yeah. There's a whole Texas League. We end it by uh, you tossing me over the border in Juarez yeah. to the drug cartel. Just Texas leaguer you over the, just like a <laughs> little sinking flare. Ruther just clears the second baseman, makes it into Juarez. That's like the capital of all the the violence, right? It's yeah. always Juarez. Yeah. Juarez, uh, there's, that's where tons of violence and uh, tons of human trafficking and tons of drug trafficking, even though there's a massive wall between Juarez and El Paso. It's Interesting. Weird. Yeah, I don't know how they managed so, it. So it's not working. I have, that's, that's what I'm saying. Kind of like that wall that divided East and West Germany did not work. Have any walls worked? Sure. You want sure, to hear a joke I wanted to write last night? Remember the wall Rodney McRae ran through in the minor leagues? <laughs> the, I wanted to write this joke last night. The only wall I support is Pink Floyd. It's <laughs> a good one. Should I still tweet that out? Sure. Can you tweet something out you said on air? Why not? My, my joke about... Uh, my joke that I made about your mom and sharks and priests has turned into a fucking bit that's going to be... I'm doing in a showcase next week. Wait, what? Yeah. The shark priests bit. Really? Yeah. It's going to be my closer in a five-minute showcase set. It's turned into a great joke. I worked it out in New Bits, that you, Lachlan Patterson. That you did on... You debuted that on here. Basically, yeah. I mean, I kind of had an idea, and then it just... Your mom just walked into it, yeah. literally, or didn't walk into it for that matter, because she doesn't. She refuses to go in the ocean. But it all came together when your mom, religious person, refused was afraid of sharks. Yeah, man. So when you see that one on late night TV, you can remember it started on uh, on the Dirty Sports podcast when Andy's mom, who is Catholic, was afraid of predators. <laughs> She's afraid of everything. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, you're going to the mountains with mountain. I'm like, no mountain lion is going to straight up attack me. Although it did in Colorado. You got attacked by a mountain lion? No, that dude who killed the, the mountain lion in Colorado. Wasn't it like a 30 pound mountain lion or something like that, though? Yeah, but still. That guy, guy killed a cat. He was all. F- killed a fat house cat. <laughs> Strangled to death a fucking. I think it was like a 40 pound. It was like a cub. Yeah. That's another the dude, way. The dude just rolled around and strangled to death somebody's fucking. Tabby cat. <laughs> this thing came at me. So I had to fucking murder it. He's like, I fucked up Garfield today. <laughs> yeah. So what would you do? Because these rumors. He was, he, he was 40. To be fair, he was 40 pounds. A lot of people have been reporting 35, but he had five pounds of lasagna that morning. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Garfield? Uh, I think he died when the Bill Murray movies. Like if Bill Murray can't make it work, I think they just shut it down. Like that I'm was, sure he's still a comic strip, right? I remember watching Garfield cartoons as a kid. Yeah. What was his owner? Was his owner Andy? John. 
It was John. With no H. <laughs> you got an issue with and, that. And and no. I just remember. And o- Odie, wasn't it the dog? Odie. Yeah, yeah. Odie was the dog. It's a good dog name. Yeah. Odie. I like that. We had a foster dog that just got adopted. I named it Cheese. And it was fucking, what a great dog name. Nah, I'm not a fan. You didn't like it? Cheese? Uh, He's great. I'd be like, Cheese! He'd come running. So that's his name now? I don't know if the new... Fo- I, I, I pushed strongly. That Those are good-looking dogs, by it. the way. Yeah. Do you still have the second one? Yeah. Gia. She's available. Gia. I could never adopt a dog named Gia. Because I would think of that movie with Angelina Jolie where she's the model, and I, yeah. and I masturbated to it a few times in high school. I, I can't own it. I can't own a dog. I named her Gia short for Giardelli because she kind of looked like a chocolate caramel that we were eating when we got her. But I think uh, the the rescue named her like Chow Mein or something like that. Not Chow Mein, like some fucking Chinese dish. I need a bigger place for a dog, man. That's what I've decided. Although I, w- I was... I'll or be, just a small dog. I'll be honest. Th- the thought did cross my mind of stopping by a couple times just to check the dogs out. Come see Gia today. She's a real fucking sweetheart. But again, I, told you, I can't adopt a dog that I jerked off to a movie named after. Well, you could change her name. She's a fucking puppy. You can name her fucking Fred McGriff if you want. <laughs> name her Odie, for God's sakes. <laughs> Odie's just save good- this goddamn dog's life. Okay, okay. <laughs> So the news came out yesterday that you could name her Joe Panu if you want. <laughs> the news came out yesterday that Ciara is it Ciara Ciara Russell, Ciara yeah Ciara. Russell Wilson's wife wants him to go to New York because it's better for her music career. Is that was that the report? That's the report. Okay. Um, I heard. I saw Colin Ke- Cowherd talking about it. And uh, here's my thought. First of all, this is a negotiation tactic by Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think he's... His contract is up at the end of next season. Correct. I don't don't think it's a real thing. Um, If it were a real thing, uh, I wouldn't be a fan of it in... I've made it pretty clear my feelings on Russell Wilson, um, but... You know, there's there's a couple different things. Like, I wouldn't be 100% against it, but I'd be 100% against it if the reason that Russell Wilson wants to go to the Giants is because his contract's up and, you know, they've got a ton of weapons and whatever, and he's like, I want my next deal to be with the New York Giants. And he want, Like, if Russell Wilson wants to come to the Giants and get re-signed and be a top-five paid quarterback, then I'm like, no, I'm out. I have no interest in that. Now, if Russell Wilson is saying, hey, my wife can make more money in New York. I can get more endorsements in New York. Um, they have a ton of offensive weapons, and they give me a chance to win in New York. I'll go to the New York Giants, and I'll play, I'll play for $15 million a year. Or f- or That's th- not happening. But here's the thing. If he said that, I'd be like, great, come on. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll we'll spend some extra money on some offensive lines so what, you don't fucking get sacked every goddamn play. What quarterback outside of basically Tom Brady has taken a pay cut? Well, here's the thing about Tom Brady, though. Everybody... And even this year, by the way, I looked at the numbers. Like, this year, Brady's going to make a lot more than Russell Wilson. Right. But people love to 
slurp Tom Brady for taking less money to help the team. It was just restructured. Yeah. Also, I believe that Tom Brady believes exactly the same thing that a lot of people believe about Tom Brady and the Patriots, which is he wouldn't be Tom Brady if he weren't on the Patriots. And if he refused to renegotiate his deal, Bill Belichick would have been like, dude, we can get it done with Jimmy Garoppolo at fucking half the price, at a third of the price, at none of the price. So it's kind of restructure or get the fuck out. Yeah. I, I don't think it was as much as him trying to help the team as him going like, I actually know my true value. Sure. And that is the thing with Russell Wilson. If if Russell Wilson, I, I think Pete Carroll's a good coach. I think Pete Carroll's a top five coach. I think uh, the Seattle Seahawks know that they have they're in the process of a rebuild, and at the end of next year, are they re-signing Russell Wilson to a massive deal? Like maybe they are because you don't give up on a franchise quarterback, but you, maybe they aren't. But hold on, you can say rebuild. They were supposed to be. They won ten games last year, right? I mean, to me, that's not a rebuild. But again, it's a Super Bowl or bust league. I, I, think, I don't. I don't think that. I think there's a few things at play here. I don't think Pete Carroll thinks they're winning the Super Bowl. One is I think Russell Wilson is smart enough to realize he excels under Pete Carroll. But Pete Carroll will probably retire after the 2022 season. That's how long Pete Carroll's contract goes. So I think that's a major factor. Does Russell Wilson want to sign a long-term deal knowing he only has a couple years possibly with Pete Carroll? Two... Russell Wilson, while I really like him as a quarterback, he's a cuck. Okay. Like, I'm just going to call it as it is. Golden Tate banged his ex-wife. and He's raising another kid, guy's baby. And, he, yeah, he's raising a, a rapper's baby. And, to be honest, I think she runs that relationship. So th- that is the question. The which, question is, which therefore makes him a cop. The question is, does she run it enough where she's gonna like th- where he would go to New York for less money? That she wants to be in New York. That's a good point. And he thinks he he thinks maybe he cares about legacy. Maybe he's a so Christian. Maybe he gives away half his money, and who knows how much he really needs. Like if Russell Wilson wanted to come and be. The New York Giants quarterback for 14, 13, 14, 15 million dollars. I'd be like, great, sure, come on. But if he wants to come and get another huge deal, and and by the way, if his agent isn't stupid, he of course he'll get one. Every quarterback who's up for a new deal gets the biggest deal ever. Yeah. Like a, as an athlete and as a person, if I was out there, could I handle taking like a half of the money that Kirk Cousins gets when I know I'm exceptionally more talented than Kirk Cousins? No, I don't think I could do it. I'm kind of an asshole like that. Maybe Russell Wilson sees this as like, but like we'll make up the difference in how much she can make. I'll make up the difference in endorsements. I'll make, you know, I'm in New York. Um, My legacy of having Odell and Saquon and Evan Engram and whatever. The problem is as a Giants fan, I don't want him to get 25 million because first of all, some of those guys have to go away. But second of all, and most importantly, I think Russell's 
Forget Odell and Saquon and Evan Ingram and whatever. I think what Russell Wilson needs to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback are the two things that the Giants don't have that they're not going to get if they have to hand over $25 million to a quarterback, which is an offensive line and a defense and a lockdown number one fucking defense. I don't think you hand Russell Wilson $25 million, you're going to be able to pay those guys. They're already talking about not paying Landon Collins. Well, see, this is where— I'd rather take—and I don't—I'm not even—I don't know a ton about him, but, like, I'd rather take Kyler yeah. Murray on a rookie deal than Russell Wilson as a top-five quarterback, paid quarterback on the New York Giants. Well, Facts. See, well, I don't know about that personally— and, but and, look at how it's th- worked. And this is where we disagree. Tug was once again mentioned, you know, that Tug, Tug has returned to the show. Tug and I's theory that now has been co-opted by everybody else, the the quarterbacks on rookie deals, you can pay to put talent around them. You can, but it is a quarter. It is a Super Bowl bust league. You know, Tom Brady keeps winning the Super Bowls. Tom Brady keeps fucking taking less money because he knows it's all about the fucking Patriots and Bill Belichick. See, this is where we disagree. I think Russell Wilson can win. This has been our fundamental disagreement on him with those type of players because he's never had a cast like... I'm not saying... No, hold on. I'm not saying Russell Wilson gets worse having sick weapons around him. Of course he gets better. Yeah. I'm saying Russell Wilson's chances of winning a Super Bowl are significantly higher with a number one defense than crazy weapons around him. Well, I mean, you can say that for any quarterback. You could, but you could look at, you know, guys also who fucking... I mean, mean, Tom Brady's defense held the Rams to three points. We both know Tom Brady did not win that Super Bowl. Tom Brady had two touchdowns and three interceptions this playoffs. Tom Brady didn't do shit this playoffs. Right. It was his defense. But my point is this. The Giants already have those guys. The Giants already have the offensive weapons. Now they need to build an offensive line and a defense. Paying a quarterback $25 million significantly hurts their chances of doing that. They're already in a situation where Landon Collins is tweeting everything in his lockers because maybe he doesn't want to be franchise tagged. Landon Collins might be gone. You already have a great safety. You already can't pay him. Yeah. You can't. If you can't pay him because you paid... Odell, and you know you're going to have to pay Saquon, and you and you can't pay him because you have Eli Manning on the books right now, so you can't pay Landon Collins. How are you going to bring in Russell Wilson and pay him more than you're paying Eli? Well, if I'm Russell Wilson, but again, if he wants to come for 13 million, come on over, man. Come on over. It's know your actual value, and and we'll welcome you with open arms. It's worked in Seattle. Again, I think Pete Carroll, like you, I think he's a great coach. I wouldn't leave, but it, I also think the cuck factor. That's a major. I think this is a negotiation ploy from Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. And look, I think Pete Carroll knows what he's doing. If I'm Pete Carroll. Bro, he's going to drop the Jesus told me to go to New York shit. If I'm Pete Carroll, I put a number in my head that I'm willing to pay Russell Wilson to build around. For the future, and I don't budge from that because I don't like. Let's look at the Seattle Seahawks. Well, I know it's like, oh, it's been he's been successful there. Well, he hasn't been successful there, and the only thing that matters in success in the NFL since signing this deal, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, just like a lot of 
just like we've been talking about with when he was on his rookie deal. Suddenly he's rich, and they got no fucking, you know, and Sherman leaves, and all the fucking defense leaves, and now they're winning nine games, and he's doing it all by himself, and what a fucking legend. He won, He went 10-6 and six with this Seahawks team. F- awesome. Well, if 10-6 and six with a fucking super-paid quarterback is your goal, then the 12th man, you fucking lap it up. But again, that's a... What you're saying is a big, a bigger state of the NFL in general. You're basically saying at this point, and I believe Tug also believes this, is that you're not going to win Super Bowls with max player deals, these huge deals. And, and, and I guess you could argue that for all these guys. I mean, are, are you saying the Packers, let's just use them as an example, can't win a Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers has a massive deal. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. One, it hurts their chances, of course. Sure. But everybody's got to get, he, you know, he's just a man. You know what I mean? He needs also to get paid. And if he believes he's the he's the best quarterback in football, which I believe, then he deserves the most money. Yeah. And, you know, two years from now when Patrick Mahomes is up for his deal and Aaron Rodgers is on the decline and he's still throwing 50 touchdowns a year, he deserves the most money. Well, pa- well but, Patrick Mahomes, I believe this is also his last year. I think Patrick Mahomes, they're already saying, is going to get the largest deal in NFL right. history. And I get, I understand that. And yes, it will, of course, it will hurt the Chiefs' chances of putting talent around him. But, and this is where... You know, we disagree, and we're not going to go down the road because no one's going to budge. But comparing what Russell Wilson does for the Seattle Seahawks to what Aaron Rodgers does for the Packers and what Patrick Mahomes does for the Chiefs is laughable to me. Laughable. They should not be discussed in the same class of quarterback. And I don't believe that they are. And I and that's where the question of... I'm, I'm coming... Look, I'm coming from... The perspective of a Giants fan, the reports are he wants to be a Giant, okay? So I'm I'm a fan. I believe I'm a smart fan. Uh, I believe I'm a fan who understands the finances of it, and I believe I understand that it's a Super Bowl or bust league. Yes, I want Russell Wilson as the New York Giants quarterback next year. I want him. I want him for a budget price. Now, we'll pay him next year. We'll pay him next year what he's owed. But then moving on, do it for fucking fourteen million bucks, and you can be our you can be the Giants' quarterback of the future. Come on over. If he wants to be a top five paid quarterback, I have no interest. I'll take Kyler Murray, who's basically, you know, short, athletic, blah blah blah, all the things that you that they said were the reasons that Russell Wilson. And I'm not even a Kyler Murray guy. I'm not even, but I'm saying I'll take him at a a, a sliver of the price. Well, the bigger question to me is: Is he going to? Is Russell Wilson going to be fifty times? More productive than Kyler Murray will be next year? Does the NFL, do teams, I should say, in the NFL stop doing these massive deals? And and, and that's the big question because we're seeing it unfold that these guys on the rookie deals are taking teams deep in the playoffs. That's the big question. You know, Aaron Rodgers, again, got the last big deal. But are they going to continue this? So this is my conspiracy theory. My conspiracy theory... And I'm glad it it relates to another conspiracy theory man in Pete Carroll. I believe Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks think that they might have to be the first team that gets on this bandwagon. 
We're only going to pay a quarterback his value. It doesn't matter that he's got won us a Super Bowl and he deserves this much and people love him. We're only going to put we're only going to offer him this much because he's great and we love him, but we can't let him cripple our team with a massive contract that is significantly more than what his actual value is to our team. I don't think if you're a team that you can hold that position for a Mahomes or a Rodgers. Those are guys I don't think you can, if they want the most, you could try to convince them how that hurts them in the long run, but I don't think that you can hold it. I think the Seahawks can hold that stance with Russell Wilson, and I think that this wanting to play for the Giants is the first attempt in from the Russell Wilson's camp to fight back this idea that we'd rather have somebody cheaper than we would pay Russell Wilson all the monies in the world for a second time. I think Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks are already thinking about, which is what I've said about Russell Wilson in 2019, 2020. When this deals up, I can 100% see the possibility that the Seahawks are like, we're good. Oh, you want $25 million? Go get it. Well, if that does happen, I assume it would set a precedent for all these other teams around the league to not give everybody from a Matt Ryan to a Matthew Stafford to a Derek Carr. To a Kirk Cousins. To- Big-ass deals. Yeah. Because and there, some of those guys I like and some of those guys I don't like, okay? But as much as I think Matt Stafford is underrated and Kirk Cousins is overrated— in the end, they're giving you almost the same production. Yeah, one way or the other. Now, you know who's a better leader, who's you know going to be clutch come the playoffs, who's blah blah. blah. All that stuff is neither here nor there. You can't factor. I mean, you can factor it in a little bit when you're offering a guy a contract, but in the end, it's production. Sure. And and that's why the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing that always comes up is like Ryan Fitzpatrick's giving you. Almost that production, but he's doing it every year on a fucking no, but nothing deal except for the deal they signed with the Jets. Like it's all about value, and I think just like it's happening in baseball, somebody's going to be the first one to say, "Nah, you want to go get paid? Go get paid. We can't do it. Can't do it." And I think Pete Carroll's smart enough, and I think that this might be the first part of a negotiation. From Russell Wilson to say, "Oh, you you guys don't want to pay me? There's already talk you're only going to get me this much. I'll go, I want to go to New York. I'm hoping. I'll be curious how it plays. I'm out. hoping that the New York Giants aren't dumb enough to bite on. Oh, he wants to come here. Let's offer him fucking a ton of money. I'm hoping that they're smart enough to also know that this is the trend. But who knows? Well, we shall see. Let's get to some calls. Let's wrap up the show." We have not done calls, uh, a lengthy amount of calls, and I want to bang out a bunch. And you know what? It's been so long, Joe. I think we need to play the Dirtball Call intro. Great. Circa Beverly Dillon Mata made it. 2015 is when this debuted. Let's bring it back. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls, yeah. dirt balls, dirt ball calls, 
Dirt Balls, Dirt Ball Cars. We got the Dirt Balls, Dirt Ball Cars. A classic, right? Was that, the, was that the first thing he did? No, I think he did some stuff before that. Didn't he do you stuttering? Oh, I have a whole folder of those. <laughs> I think well, I think you stuttering might have been the first one, but who knows? You th- you think Bev you, uh put a send us the uh You think that was the first one? Hold on. You want to hear some of send those? Send us your discography when when that should happen. No, I actually I have the timeline. This, this, these ones came I just stuttered right there. This who one, do you who do you who do you <laughs> There's that one. That's a good one. These ones came out. I have them in my folder from July 16th, 2015. Who do you? Who do you? Who do you call? Yeah, busted. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I like this one. Who do you? Who do you? Who do you think you are? That's a good one. <laughs> There's a we have a lot of gems in here. <laughs> There's a lot of gems on here. These are some old classics. Look at all these, Prano. Let's get to some calls. Okay, you love right. I love giving Bev some love. Let's get to some calls. All right. So the first call is actually I, I mentioned it earlier from John, our boy John Smith. John Smithy. He was at the Duke North Carolina game. I know. Brought me back. What is going on, boys? Just on the road, headed to one of the greatest college basketball rivalries of all time. Duke and Carolina at Cameron Indoor Stadium. I'm going to see Zion Williamson. And I was checking on SeatGeek. Make sure you use the promo code DIRTY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Free plug for you guys. And uh, ticket prices for this game this evening. Anywhere between $3,600 and $6,000. Uh, this is in the range of the Super Bowl. Uh, my question to you is, uh, if money wasn't an option uh, or a relative option, what is the most you would pay for to get into a sporting event, and, and what would that be? And then another one. Uh, this is a great rivalry, but what are some of the other rivalries that might not be so uh, high-profile that you guys really like? Uh, have fun. Stay dirty, boys. Uh, so I think, first of all, let's, let, I'm gonna, let's do a reverse. First of all, I think Duke, North Carolina is, without a doubt, the number one college basketball rivalry. Yeah, and it, that's a bucket list game for sure. Yeah. I I watched a half of it as I've told this story many times before. Before Pizza Star and I were kicked out of Cameron Indoor Stadium, uh, and watched the second half at an Outback Steakhouse in Durham. Um, but uh, it was cool being there. Um, but I gotta say, obviously, I'm not a huge basketball, college basketball guy. Um, as cool as it was to be there, as cool as it was to see the excitement, the going through Shashevskyville and the tents and all that. Um, it's not on. It's not. Not even close to high on my list in terms of things that I would pay for, uh, but other great rivalries. Obviously, I, I mean, I think as far as rivalries go, it's like Duke UNC basketball, Michigan Ohio State football, Yankees Red Sox baseball. Um, I mean, I I think in the NFL, 
I don't think the rivalries in the NFL really like match some of these things. Although, like you know, some of the AFC North, some of the NFC East rivalries are pretty legendary: Giants, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles. You know, Steelers, Browns, Steelers, fucking Ravens. At this point, is pretty epic. Um, what other big rivalries are we missing? You hit all the big ones that I would say. Lehigh Lafayette, the most played college football game in history. It's actually a pretty fun rivalry. No one's played more in college football than I used Lehigh to, versus Lafayette. I used Lafayette. to really enjoy going to Cubs-Cardinals games. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big rivalry. Yeah, that's a good game. baseball rivalry. Dodgers-Giants. Yeah, it's a good one. But let's be honest. like Dodgers-Giants, I know the one dude got beat to death in the parking lot. And I know you, know, you got your Mexicans. But like from a, from a full... Uh, from a full like fan base perspective, like sorry, but Dodgers Giants doesn't touch Yankees Red Sox. It just doesn't. The history of it, the fucking it does it does doesn't touch it. What about my favorite sports rivalry of all time is uh, Ray Lewis versus his white suit. <laughs> yeah. Classic rivalry, <laughs> epic. I mean, you listed all the ones that I would like. The thing is about paying money. Somebody's going to be like, what about Auburn, Alabama? It's like, yeah, okay. It's not Michigan, Ohio State, right? I, By the way, I went to the Iron Bowl, and it was fucking awesome. I'd say Michigan, Ohio State's the biggest in college football. I think so. And DSC. Yeah, that's a huge one, too. I mean, that That's the big three in college football, right? I mean, like... Michigan, Michigan State. I know, I know, it's a shit game, but I think it'd be a real cool event to see Army Navy. Yeah, just to go and see. Like I've, been to, I've been to a few Army Navy games. Um, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A and M. Back in the day, I know it was like a fucking yeah, the big deal. That used to be a good one. But I mean, uh, to me, and if, I, I hate, but I think Michigan, Ohio State is. Yeah, and the if, clear the clear winner in college football, Duke UNC is a clear winner in college basketball. Baseballs, Red Sox, Yankees. And if money's not an issue, then if money's not an issue, like I guess if money, like the, I, I, so the thing about Smith's question, which I think is uh, is um, misleading, it's like if money's not an issue, how much would you pay? Well, if money's not an issue, I guess doesn't, doesn't matter, matter how much I pay. Exactly. But if money's not an issue, what? event would I want to go to more than anything I think if money is not an issue for me I'd want to see like for my I would want to see the Knicks you know a game seven NBA finals or a clinching NBA game and I'd love to do a courtside like I don't think there's a, a sports watching experience like that tops watching a basketball game courtside like I I wouldn't care. Like, there's no seat in the house at the Super Bowl that's as good as being courtside at an NBA game. Even a baseball game, like right behind home plate for like the Mets, or right behind a dugout for a Mets World Series championship. I don't know. You're so fucking close, and it's so fucking small. And I think I think the most that I would ever pay, if, if money was no option, I would pay to see the New York Knicks in an NBA Finals game, preferably, obviously, a uh, uh, deciding NBA Finals game. That would be my. That would be what I spend my money on. How about you, Andy? Well, if you want to talk value, return on investment, I would agree with you that 
courtside NBA Finals doesn't. I'm saying this. Let's say you let's say you spend. Let's just use ten grand. Let's say you spend ten grand courtside NBA Finals. The return on investment versus you paying ten grand to go to the Super Bowl. There's nothing like a courtside seat. Yeah, it just doesn't compare. Yeah. Now I'd love to see a Super Bowl. I've never been to a Super Bowl. I've never been to a Super Bowl either. But like a lot of the Super Bowls, great on TV too. It's it it like to to. Go to the Super Bowl if your team's in it. I feel like what you're paying for is to say that you were there when they won. Yeah. World Series is a lot of fun too, man. Yeah. I agree. I mean, the fanfare at a World Series game. Now, if you want to do... I've been to a lot of Knicks playoff games. The energy in Madison Square Garden pisses and shits on the epic energy... That was in City Field when I went to the two World Series games. We had Cindergard throwing over the dude's head to start game three. Uh, David Wright hits a homer in that game. Uh, game five, Harvey, people chanting Harvey to stay in the game. Uh, I went to a World Series game against the Yankees, Mets-Yankees Subway Series. Mets fans are great, especially when the Mets were playing well. The Garden in in a second round playoff series pisses on that energy, pisses on it. Yeah, like there you, you can't fuck the and to be to to have spike seats for an NBA Finals game in Madison Square Garden. That would be what I spent if I had all the money. That's that if they were like you have all the money and you can only go to one event this year. I'd be like that's the one I'm going to. All right, good question. All right, let's move on. Let's let's rattle some of these calls out. Rattle them out. Hey, Joe and Andy. It's McKay Parker, Dirt Ball from Houston, Texas. Since Spotify now has the Dirty Sports, I was wondering if I could have permission to create a Spotify playlist just of different songs, different, genre, different genres. It'd be a public playlist. And I just was wondering if I could get permission and if, you guys suggest any songs that would be on the playlist. And for any of the other dirt balls who want to look it up, just go to Spotify and I'll make the playlist pu- uh, public and just search for official dirty sports playlist. Um, stay dirty. What was his name? Was it McCabe? Okay. So uh, I give you, McCabe? I, I McCabe? deem the, uh, officially the, Playlist maker for the official Dirty Sports Podcast playlist. I'm very in favor of this. Um, if you could reach out on some social media uh, as the guy, uh, I would love Dirtballs to be able to give you suggestions for various reasons um, that they see. Um, a few off the top of my head. Dirty Sports related. Top Gun theme song. Yeah. I was going to say Danger Zone or yeah. uh, or Playing with the Boys. Even better, the, yeah. the volleyball scene. Not take my breath away. <laughs> Although that's a classic. Yeah. Well, Berlin. That's who sang that, right? Yeah. A little Wu Tang for Mr. Prano here. Yeah. I'm currently wearing a Nirvana shirt. Yeah. Got to throw in a little Smells Like Teen Spirit for me. Got to throw in a little Webby. I N D E P E N D E N T. Got to get a Got to get a little fucking um, Juicy J for the official song oh, of, yeah. of the spring training trip. Always, 
Bands make her dance. What about ASAP Rocky with Skrillex? Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Come on. Those are the, those are definitely the two official spring training road trip songs. Yeah. I remember introducing you on the trip to that playlist, and you were like, what is happening? Is that Skrillex? <laughs> no, you know where you actually introduced me to... Uh... I introduced you to the Little Wayne verse on the Juicy J track. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Hold on a second. The best Little Wayne verse ever. You know where you introduced me to Wild for the Night was Texas. Oh, yeah? When we went down there in... 2013 you're like yo you gotta listen to this asap with skrillex i was like oh shit i'm losing my mind <laughs> the video is amazing turned too. down for what seems like it should probably be there turned down for never bro what about two chains and uh little wayne rich as fuck i feel Solid like we, one. i feel like we played that a lot yeah yeah on the spring training mix yeah all good, all good selections, and uh, and hit them with your. Uh, I'm sure there's a million songs that have come up in this, for one reason or another that I have absolutely no recollection of. Yeah. Uh yeah. Have that. Do it, do it. I'm not on Spotify, but I will. When when that when that list is done, there is a uh, there is an app that will transfer it over to. Uh, you get three months free. I know, but I like Apple Music. I'm a Spotify guy. All right, let's uh, let's let's hear from our old friend B Indigo. Yeah, it was good. B <laughs> um, calling in uh, about last week. Joe said he was uh, giving up on white girls. I just wanted to uh, support him because white girls are trash, and everybody knows it. They're flavorless. They're kind of boring. I don't know. So. I, I, yeah, just give them up. You're like six four. Get you uh, somebody you can have a baby with and make an NBA star. You, you know you love the NBA, and uh, you should become a uh, fan of the Lakers because you love LeBron. I love LeBron too. That's why I root for the Lakers. Uh, I think they can turn it around. Well, not so much after that Atlanta, but I still think they can turn it around because they got Brock and uh, Anthony Davis. Actually. Doesn't get pussy just because uh, I knew a guy that fucked a girl that fucked Anthony Davis, uh, UK. Uh, Say so he got hella hoes. Uh, she was black. All right. Uh, condoms are for uh, people from Cleveland. Wait, did he say Anthony Davis does or doesn't does, get? Does well, he's an NBA star. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he gets pussy. Yeah. Uh, I believe you. You were so high when you listened to that episode, B. I was the one saying I was giving up white yeah. girls. You are giving up white girls. I am. I have always been when it comes to women. I'm a variety is the spice of life kind of guy. I I love I love all women. Um, it would be hard for me to give up white girls. I would offend my girlfriend probably pretty thoroughly. She's white, um, so <laughs> that'd be that'd be bad. I just go home and be like, uh, I'm giving up white girls. Well, and the tr- uh, but I do like. Uh, I think. I mean, you know, I've always said. I'm, I am looking for somebody for purely athletic breeding, and that my you know thing that I'm really looking for is like a six foot tall Brazilian former model turned professional volleyball player, or vice versa. Well, the thing is, I said I was giving up white girls, but I'm like Prano. I mean, I've dabbled. Like, if I really think about it, I've dabbled in a lot of races. A lot of different countries. I'm, I'm kind of proud of my resume, to be fully honest. 
but I but I can see the advantage of non-white girls. And to be honest, now that I you know I, I tell you guys everything that's on my mind, I'm pretty honest and forthright. I have been through. I've been in a new phase of my masturbation habits. I've been basically the last month a lot, mostly jerking off to white dudes fucking black chicks. Which Weird, I, creepy, and uh, you should stop entirely for the marathon. But hold on, my point is that means maybe I'm trying to look for that in real life. No, here's the deal about the marathon. I think I'm not going to have sex until I finish the marathon. Um, but I, I'm not giving up jerking off. Why not? How all in are the, on this are you? I don't know. I mean, I'm all in, but like, I don't know how that'll affect me. Can't hurt. Yeah, but I think it'll, it, it loosens me up a little. Okay. I might be an angrier person if I got all this pent up. Yeah, run angry. I am going to be doing it for a charity, just so everybody knows. Okay. I'm going to unveil that in the next week. <laughs> I'm working on some things. Are you taking the veal out of it? The what? I love it. I, I just love how you pronounce some things. I'm unveiling it. Unve- unveiling it. Uh, unveiling it? Welcome. We are unveiling the charity soon. Okay, so you have said that you want to pick a new NBA team possibly? I have, yeah. I mean, the rumors obviously, true or not, of James Dolan selling the Knicks could really throw a monkey wrench in that. But All right, well, we have a pitch for you. Okay. Let's hear it out. What's up, guys? This is Savage here from Dallas. Number one, Venmo Dirtball. Shout out, Vince. I just wanted to make my case for Prano to become a Mavs fan. We got your boy Porzingis. We got Luka Doncic having the best rookie season since LeBron. We got rid of DeAndre. You like how Cuban kind of played the long con? <clears throat> Excuse me. Played the long con with him. We ended up cutting him, sending him to the crappy ass Knicks. We got rid of fucking Wesley Matthews' contract. We got rid of Harrison Barnes' contract. We got a future in front of us. We got plenty of room for a free agent. Hopefully not Durant. I'd like Thompson, maybe a Kimba. We're going to be good. Condoms are for James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Go Mass. So I've actually gotten a number of the two teams that have that I've gotten far and away the most suggestions for, without a doubt. There's only There's two that I got... And then the rest, there's there's no third place, basically. The Mavs and the Kings. People are big on the Kings, big on the Mavs. Kings, fun team. I like it. There's, you know, there's some potential there. Here's what I'll say about the Mavs. And I'm going to start with all the things I like about the Mavs. First of all, I love Luka. Obviously, I'm a huge Perzingis fan. Love Rick Carlisle. Have always loved Rick Carlisle. Love Mark Cuban. Love the, like everything about the personality of the Mavs since Cuban. Um, loved that championship team as much as I was, as much of a LeBron slurper as I am. I was rooting for the Mavs in that team because in that series because I thought they put together a fantastic um, once in a lifetime collection of vets plus Dirk plus all that stuff. I loved that Dallas team. I was a fan of that Dallas team. All of those things, I love like truly the maximum amount. I couldn't be a bigger fan of any of those things. That team, Carlisle, Cuban, Przingis, Luca. Here's the problem with becoming a Mavs fan. I imagine that the Venn diagram of Mavs fans and Cowboys fans has a lot of overlap. 
I know it's a cross sport thing, but I am not rooting for a team that brings happiness to Dallas Cowboys fans. So for that reason, in the words of Mark Cuban, I'm out. Oh, I will root for you guys. Like I'll always root for that Mavs team, but like in the end, I will not be taking up, you know, allegiance with a Dallas-based team. I yeah. can't, can't do it. I get it. it makes Good. Sense. I hope I, you know, I'll root for you. There, I'm sure there will be times when I, you know, they're in an NBA Finals with Luca that I will be rooting for them. I'm a fan. I, I hope that that you guys have. All kinds of success. I hope, you know, Kristaps Porzingis is an NBA Finals MVP in Dallas. I, I will be rooting for that Mavs team to succeed, but I cannot pledge my allegiance as a basketball fan to a team from Dallas. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to, you know, how long am I from being like a world-famous celebrity that can sit courtside for NBA Finals games? Six months? Eight months? Suddenly I'm going to be sitting in fucking... Uh, you know, uh, an NBA arena courtside and 200 rows up. There's a bunch of dudes in, uh, you know, jean shorts and Jordans and an old Tony Romo jersey. Yo, fool. I can't, can't do it. Sorry. Love them, though. Go, go Mavs. All right. So those are going to be the calls for today. We got through most of them, which is nice. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Thanks to everybody who left calls. And I want to bring up something real quick before we wrap up the episode. Lots of people have DM'd me again about the deleted episode. Yeah. Lots of people are giving demands. Ruther, you owe this to us. Well, first of all. We owe you nothing. Thank you, Joe Prano. Look, guys. This would, no joke have to be a contract that is legally binding and there has to be a lot of work done. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So if a godfather offer, as it's often known, an offer you can't refuse comes across our bow and then it's such a great offer that we have to do the work involved, we'll do it. Yeah. But we're not replying to everybody that, that uh, hey, what about this? Doesn't mean you're necessarily getting a reply. You slide into the dirty sports. Hey, I'll give you fifty bucks for the episode. You're not necessarily getting a yes or no answer from us. If you come with a Godfather offer, you'll get a reply. There's a lot of factors in this too. I think a lot of people think they know why it's not out there. Yes, and it's it's a number of things. It's a long episode. A lot of things. Four you, hours and you might have missed. Minutes. You might have missed some th- little things here and there, which I think a lot. There's multiple factors on our end, so don't try to think you know what's happened. And the truth is, I. I mean, it's four hours and twenty nine minutes. I have not fully watched it. I've yeah. skimmed through. Also, subscribe on YouTube and set your alerts. I mean, I don't know how many times we got to say that. Yeah. And it is what it is. If you couldn't have watched it that night, sorry guys. Sorry, you were busy playing video games. I don't know. I don't know what you were doing. Yeah. But that's the episode. Uh, we're on YouTube, like Joe just said. We're on all things where podcasts are available, including Spotify. So subscribe to us. I have a couple packages. I'm actually going to head to the post office right after this episode to send out koozies. Again, if you send me a screenshot or a DM. You get koozies, which I love. I love sending them out, to be honest. 
I hate the post office, but I love sending you guys koozies because you support the show and, and that means a lot to me. So I will be sending those out. Follow us at The Dirty Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And again, Joe is giving away Porzingis jerseys if you yeah. follow him. Follow me at Joe Prano on Instagram. Uh, this episode next week. So what's the, today's the Thursday episode. The Wednesday, Thursday episode of next week. Live on the air, I will go into my Instagram. I will click on my followers. I will hit a random letter that I don't see to search my followers. And the first name that comes up is uh, we'll get a, um, provided I can verify that they are a dirt ball. Uh, we'll get a brand new Christos Porzingis Knicks jersey. So follow me at Joe Prano. Follow me on Twitter at Fix Your Life. Unless you have a Bible quote or an American flag or Me Too or Black Lives Matter in your bio, then don't. You, you, um, you're eliminating everyone on social media. Basically, that's what I'm trying to do. You know what I've decided? I've I was I've the the purge has begun. If you have Prano 2020 in your bio, you will be safe. That's for sure. But if you that's the only political stance that I believe in. If somebody has all that stuff, can't you just separate that and just be like, they're idiots? I mean... It's tough for you. It's tough for me. Because the thing is, I, I often get idiotic comments. And when I get idiotic comments, I go, so often, they are somebody that like believes in the bearded cloud man or has a flag emoji. So it's like, it's hard for me to separate because right now it seems like every time I check in on some asshole... I'm like, oh, of course that's what your fucking bio says. But uh, Prano 2020ers will be safe. That's for sure. Uh, Go to JoePrano.com for shows. We're going to be doing uh, spring training the 13th, 14th, 15th of March. And then right on on my way back from spring training, Andy, the Andes, Andy, Andy, are going to be dropping me in uh, Indio, Fantasy Springs Casino. Um, If you're a Billions fan, Alan Havey, is going to be the headliner that weekend uh, for my Billions fans. Uh, so I'm doing the 15th, 16th in Indio. Uh, Alaska, if there's any Alaska dirt balls you have not shown yourselves yet, snowballs as I call them, uh, I'll be in Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Comedy Festival at the beginning of April, working on my New York dates uh, for another return to the East Coast. So JoePrano.com for all that stuff. All right, you guys know where to follow me, at Andy Ruther. All righty. That is the episode. Thank you for tuning in. Have a lovely weekend. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.